the snap, and the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen wants Jackson, and he scores. This is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. NIL, which is short for Name, Image, and Podcast. And the watch, this is thank you to NIL. Welcome back to another episode of Name, Image, and Podcast. And my, my name's Kyle, as always. And with me, as always, just from a different state uh, this time around, is uh, Big Mike. And Big Mike, I just kind of want to get right into it. Let's do it. Last weekend was probably the best weekend of just kind of football in general, but especially best weekend in college football oh, I can remember in some time. Exactly. And I mean, like you said, throw out the how you doings because I'm not going to peak like I peaked last weekend. It doesn't matter how I'm doing now. We, <laughs> we were texting each other pretty late into the night oh. to be like, I, like just you just kind of hit that all of a sudden where you're even even the night game we were watching, you know, Alabama, Texas A&M, but there's still some other games going on, and you know, just just the the perpetual just flipping back and forth between games. Was... I mean, I ended up watching Syracuse Wake Forest, which is a crazy <laughs> game that went into overtime, like all this, and it was just like it was that perfect state of just like bliss, and oh, you're like, this was... is what this all, all you can hope for is one of those weekends in college football, and, you know, and the rest is kind of just house money the rest is now just going to be kind of anxiety driven especially as a Michigan oh, yeah. State fan but you know that was just like the perfect culmination of just like some great matchups some great upsets and you know maybe a little medicinal uh you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> it played a little bit part of that but I just found myself laying on the couch just being like this is this right. is incredible well and that and that was the thing right because we went out with our respective wives to go get some brunch and like the way that it started from that morning slate with Michigan State and the way that Oklahoma started like it kind of felt like a, oh like this is this is gonna be a fun weekend like don't get me wrong because like if Texas would have won it would have been an upset but like it just kind of felt like a eh. and then like I went from there to like the next bar and then like the t- like I was checking all the TVs and like all the games were all of a sudden like going crazy get home like all of them are finishing wild which Utah shut off the the end of the Oklahoma game oh we'll we'll, we'll oh, talk God, about that it was crazy. yeah but no but to your point like it was just one of those days where like start to finish. Like, it was just, we peaked. Like, it, there wasn't just one game that was better than the others. It was the full slate was fantastic. And and there's a lot of people out there who, like, don't buy into college football or they just don't right. really have the affiliation or, like, they're all, like, the hard hard NFL guys. And it's like, <laughs> don't be wrong. Like, there's, there's a few decent games throughout NFL weekend, but it never peaks like that did this last weekend. No. I mean, it was just incredible. You know, even those morning games, like we mentioned, Michigan State Rutgers, Michigan State played well enough and had some big plays, had some great highlight plays as well right. uh, to win 31-13. But immediately, you know, after that, the t- Oklahoma-Texas, that was crazy because yeah. I had kind of written it off a little bit. Right. And all of a sudden you were calling me, like, dude, are you watching this game? And I'm like, no, I'm watching Arkansas-Ole Miss, <laughs> which is also an incredible game. So then I switch it to Oklahoma-Texas, and there's like three or four minutes left, something like that. And I turn it on, and all of a sudden, like, mid-play, it just cuts to commercial. <laughs> And I'm like, that's kind of weird. And I text Mike, I'm like, is this happening to you? He's like, yeah. All of a sudden, comes back from commercial break, and it's the fucking BYU game. And I'm just like, oh, my. And we're, like, scrambling to try to get back because, like, that, that game, Texas-Oklahoma, like, obviously, if you haven't watched the highlights, like, it was one of the best games I've seen oh my God. in quite some time. Went down to the absolute wire. Oklahoma with, you know, they finally – Bench Spencer Rattler, or not, Ooh. not even fully benched, but you know that that whole back and forth thing. But you know, Caleb Williams has to be the guy. Oh, I mean, he just has to absolutely. be the guy. Came in there and absolutely just fucked on everybody. Right. And then you know, the Texas ran out of gas, and 
you know, just just an incredible game. But that was so oh. funny. We were just scrambling. All of a sudden, it's BYU fucking Boise State, which, hey, that was an upset as well. Boise oh, yeah. State ended up uh, pulling off the upset Go there. Bronx. But we were just – that is just one of those things about living in Utah. It's like you never would have thought that they would turn off the one of the best games ever to, to watch the, the slugfest that is BYU fucking Boise right. State. Well, and, and not like I even tweeted from the the podcast Twitter account. I was like, "Did they really just cut the commercial as he was taking a shotgun snap?" And it, like you said, they come back and it's fucking BYU. And I'm like, I text you. I'm like, "Is there an illegal stream? Like somebody has to have the illegal stream." Just right. like, I couldn't find it. Couldn't find one. Right. It was the ESPN app. Just checking the the play by play, and then I got you know some Oklahoma fan like buddies back in Colorado. were like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, I cannot believe we. I obviously watched the highlights and and, and got to experience it kind of, but like. That's just that was just the magic yeah. of college football. It kind of summed up in one game, but then it, it spread throughout the day, right? Like Caleb right. Williams comes in, like because to your point, the NFL, like one, there's just not the volume of games. Like it's it's the same thirty two teams every year, so you're only gonna have so many games. But it was just the volume of games and the fact that Caleb Williams just stepped in and like led that comeback. It was, ugh, it was it was magical. It was all those storylines, you know, because it's like you love the tropes, like especially in college football. Is the backup better than the starter? Right? <laughs> and then or like quarterback controversy. We love that shit. Our friend Brandon on NCAA football will create his own quarterback controversy. Oh, yeah. and, you know, that's just what we live for. It's called football fans. That's what you love to see. And we got one brewing. I mean, we got one brewing definitely. Oh. And you know, I, I think. Caleb Williams has to be the guy now, but Absolutely. man, you invested a lot into Spencer Rattler, you know, right. Jesus. And, well, but yeah, that's the crazy and, thing about Oklahoma is it's just like, and it's true for probably a lot of programs. Georgia's doing the same thing where they just can't make up their minds. But like, it, it's incredible that in college that you can have a young kid like that step into that situation and perform. And granted, obviously, those are amateurs to an extent. I get it. But, like, he led that team back from a, pretty much an unsurmountable deficit, which was just right. incredible. Right, and it doesn't always work out, you know. No, like for example, no. you know, like we'll move to the Penn State, um, oh. Penn State game. Was it uh, Penn State Iowa, which is just a Big Ten, you know, slugfest? But you <laughs> saw that as soon as Sean Clifford for Penn State went out, you know, their backup, who was a decently touted recruit, um, Roberson, I believe is what it is, uh, he just came in and struggled, right? And 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 as you would expect, you're on the road at one of the most hostile environments in the country at Kinnick Stadium. You know, you're going to come in there. He went 7 for 21, 34 yards, like just two interceptions, right? It just didn't happen. Right. I was also really, really good. But that just shows you the difference of like a program like Oklahoma who recruits at the level they do. And it's not like Penn State doesn't recruit well. Penn State recruits right. very well. Oklahoma just is that, you know, extra tier up where they were able to not only get Rattler, who's a top-rated recruit, but Williams, who's, I believe, the number one recruit in his class as well. And that's just, you know, the programs like them and Ohio State and Georgia – it's 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 up to them, and now what's great with the transfer portal is somebody's going to get a really good Spencer Rattler. Oh yeah, you know, I don't really I right. don't like him personally, but I think it was his personality. Maybe this is going to be a humbling experience for him. But sure. you know, you know, Oklahoma rolls on. Right. Well, know, and in on the Penn State thing, and speaking of the transfer portal, in I'm, I was trying to pull it up, but I'm, I'm fucking my internet's slow. But what wasn't there a quarterback that Penn State had that entered the transfer portal last year? That like yeah, very, Will, Le- Will Levis. Who's playing that's right. That's right. That's right. That's yeah. exactly like if that dude would have been hanging around. So it, it's just the perfect storm between NIL and the portal, and it's just all this is right. culminating and coming to light now. And it's like it's awesome. It's just fucking awesome. But yeah, right. It's, yep. Yeah, no, Oklahoma it, it, reigns supreme, and I think in, in we'll leave, I think we can leave it on this in Oklahoma. I think that the attraction for the quarterbacks, Oklahoma, is like exactly like we saw. Like 
Lincoln Riley's will just like let it loose. So it, yeah. it's tougher, and I get like it's tough for a Penn State quarterback when like you know you're going through that recruiting process. Like you're looking at it, it's like for one, we don't really like air the ball out a ton, and two, like historically those quarterbacks do tend to stay for like the duration, right? Like it's kind of right. uncommon for them to leave. So yeah, no, Penn State just got kind of kind of uh, got screwed there with that that injury. But that's <clears throat> yeah, life, the portal baby. giveth, the portal taketh away. <laughs> you know, that's just what it's all about. But yeah, right after that, we had Arkansas Ole Miss, who just a great game, just oh, yeah. uh, incredible game. You had two, you know, coaching and Sam Pittman for Arkansas, who really has things rolling, and Lane Kiffin, who I I enjoy. I think Lane Kiffin's oh, yeah. really fun. I you know I think he's a good coach. Um, I think he's got something good rolling down in Oxford. Matt Matt Coral Corral, whatever, Coral. however you want to say it. Bonafide stud. Uh, Jefferson's no no you know rough chops either for for Arkansas. Just uh, just a really fun SEC game. Which, oh, yeah. You know SEC is the, the notorious like oh it's thirteen to nine or whatever. But right. yeah, it's I think most of the SEC is adapting to be like now nah, we gotta we gotta really you know run and gun here. So right. amazing game. Went down to the wire. Arkansas uh, drove down the field <clears throat> to uh, get within one point. Yeah, at the end, decided to go for two, which I think is the right call. You're on the road. You have all the momentum. Absolutely. You have a mobile quarterback. Yeah. Go for two. It just didn't right. work out. You know, they kind of just ran out of gas. But that's, uh, like I said, with Arkansas, they are ahead of schedule. So, like, at this exactly. point, if any any win against, like, an Ole Miss like that, that would be that would have been just house money. Exactly. At this point, you have something good there. The bones are there. Um, now you just continue to build. But, I mean, right. that game was just incredible. Um we talked about, you know, Georgia just continues to roll 34-10 over Auburn. I didn't really catch any of that one. I just – I can't find myself really watching Georgia because, like, I'm just like, God, they're just too fucking good. And it's right. not like a flashy style. It's no. just like they just put you in the fucking meat grinder. It's, that's the thing is it just they, – they just kill your will to live. Like, it, watching that right. game, like, it was either a little bit of life for the first half, a little bit, but it was, it was clear going to the second half, like, all right, like it, it, like it ended up being a twenty-four point margin, which obviously you know yep. on the bo- final boxer looks like a lot, but it was just like the entire game they were just beating old poor Bo Nix down. So Georgia yeah, wagon. They, yep, and my, I wasn't really watching that because I was watching Wake Forest Syracuse went into overtime. Wake Forest remains undefeated, <laughs> winning forty to thirty-seven. But I turn it over. Syracuse got a quarterback, Garrett Schrader, just big beefy guy, great beefy beard as well, and I was like, I'm in love. That's that's just what I he had. You know, and I say beefy, he had two passing touchdowns, 160 yards, but 178 yards rushing. Oh, yeah. it just bit, It's like thick white guy quarterback, great beard, <laughs> and he's just, you know, running amok on Wake Forest. But Wake Forest, Sam Hartman, he's going to be, um, I think, a great quarterback coming out of the draft. You know, whether or not he translates to the pros, that's not the point. But um, really solid performance. He's got something going there, you know, really well. Um, Clawson's coach there. Wake Forest is just super solid, and you know it's fun. Like I said, to see these kind of random ass schools, like oh, you yeah. know, like Wake Forest come out of the ACC now that Clemson's down, and kind of uh, you know proving that hey, like yeah, we're six zero. We think we should be you know ranked a little higher. They keep winning just by the skin of their teeth, but there's something they're just winning at the end of the day. Right. right. No, and you, I mean, we got to give a quick. You don't don't break your arm trying to pat yourself on the back too hard. But you were you called that out of the gate. Like first pot right. out, you're like, well, I like Wake Forest. They could be dangerous, and sure enough, again, like they're not. It's not a national headline that you're beating Syracuse and you know undefeated at this point in the year. But it's like, I mean, their their schedule is pretty backloaded, and when right, I say backloaded, right. it means that they just have Clemson like toward the end of the schedule. Um, <laughs> exactly. I think they have, yeah. So, but yeah, they have you know Army this week. No, they have a bye week. And then Army, Duke, North Carolina, NC State, Clemson, Boston College. 
you know, and so who knows? But it, it, it's a fun story. Fun story. But that was a great game. Right. Went into overtime. Great pass to win it at the very end. Um, so Wake Forest rattles on. UConn still searching for their first win. Uh, <laughs> UConn versus UMass. UMass got their first win. So this was known affectionately as the Come Ass Bowl uh, or CU Mass Bowl. So they, you love it. You love to see shit like that. So um, good for so UMass. Dumb. Got their first win. But right after that, we talked about it already. Uh, Boise State with the upset over Brigham Young. Yeah, I really buddy. like Boise State's quarterback, Bachmeyer. He's just one of those guys who just churns away every season. He just like, you know, here's Hank Bachmeyer. And then talk about the transfer portal. You had one of my favorite names, uh, Oregon running back who transferred to Boise State, Cyrus Habibi Likio. Dude's a um, tank. You know, good performance on the ground. BYU's dealing a little bit with some, you know, they had some quarterback injuries. Jaron Hall came back, and he, you know, played well, but not well enough. And, uh, you know, I'll take it anytime I see the Cougars lose. I love to see it. So, <laughs> Big old L. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, it's – I'm still just so mad they changed that game over. But, I mean, you can't talk them out of it in Utah. They answer to a higher power, so I get it. But, right. Uh, yeah, right. no, that – but just that running back for – and you you hammer that name perfect. I'm not even going to try. That dude is a freaking tank. That dude yep. was just running people over and just – and that was, that was the fun part about it was it was just – I mean, they like not imposed their will, but it was just you could tell Boise off the bat like came to play, like they were there. And BYU is a physical team. That right. is like what they uh, they you know right. they, to they're, give them credit, they right. are physical. They're well definitely. hydrated. They're well rested. Yeah, I mean, right. like they come to play. But Boise State made it very clear from the beginning, like we're here to play, and they kind of just took it and, and ran with it from there. So it was. Uh, I agree. Anytime the Cougs yep. lose, a little part of me, yay. Another yeah, only a handful of undefeated teams left. Another one is SMU Southern Methodist. Yeah, right. uh, to care Navy thirty one twenty four. I always have a soft spot for SMU because I back on like I think NCAA <laughs> 05 or 06, I just had kind of one of those random dynasties. You're like, oh, I like the colors of this team, pick them up and you know turn them into a wagon. So I always root for SMU. They have a great offense. Uh, they always benefit from transfer quarterbacks, right? Historically, they always get right. somebody in, and you know from. From another big program, they have Tanner Mordecai, who Tanner Mordecai is an Oklahoma transfer. I'm, I'm hey. almost positive. So, you know, he running and gunning. They have a great offense there. But SMU, another uh, quietly undefeated team, uh, they haven't really played a ton of talent up to this point. But they are getting to the point, you know, they have Tulane, Houston, Memphis, USC, or excuse me, UCF. And then November 20th is the matchup against Cincinnati. So I think that's really – Cincinnati might have a few other decent tests, but that could be a decent matchup here coming up in a few weeks. But SMU uh, rolls on, continues to be undefeated. We talked a little bit about Iowa-Penn State, but like I said, great game. Iowa is just really, really freaking good, and they're on the better side of that conference for sure. They they should be going to the Big Ten championship no problem so that i'm good for them um not super sold on their offense but their defense oh my god it's just like it's just terrifying how good that defense is yeah no it well and it's it's the same thing with georgia right and so the ultimate test is going to be when we do if they do find themselves in you know one of the final four spots you know looking down unless it's a georgia iowa matchup in the first round of the playoffs which would be i mean take the under whatever it could be like under 14 and i'd probably feel comfortable taking it but no (laughs) i mean defense wins championships is the old adage right and and i think this may be you know in in kind of alabama's obviously had some really good defenses when they win championships but they also are always complimented with like a derrick henry or a trent richardson in his prime uh, so it'd be interesting to see if if those two respective teams with not such high power offenses can uh, 
can withstand, you know, especially going down the line when the, the season drags on. But in Iowa's favor, Wisconsin's probably like the toughest one because after that, it's you know, Nebraska to end the season could be it could be fun. I mean, I and mean, Nebraska right. put up a great fight against Michigan. It, heartbreaker at the no, end. But. Well, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, we're we're right about coming up to that right, game because right. that, that was another really good game. But yeah, uh, Notre Dame uh, winning by three against Virginia Tech. You know, gutted performance from them. I think they they rolled out like. Three or four, or okay, they had two different quarterbacks. They had Jack Cohn, they had um, Buckner come in there as well. Tyler Buckner, and I think he's injured now, and yeah, so that's kind of a flip flop. You know, if you if you don't have, was if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one, something like that. So, an interesting concept there for Notre Dame, but they you know continue to avenge. I think that just that one loss, so they'll be there or thereabouts. I'm sure. Uh, Kentucky undefeated wagon. They are absolute wagon. They took care of LSU 42-21. Uh, as much as we love Coach O, his, his days were definitely numbered. Yeah. It's just not working He's, out. There's nope. kind of some stuff bubbling behind the scenes. It's just a matter of time. But send Will Levis. Him, send him back to USC with whoever the next head coach is. Put him as the D coordinator and let him let him live out his days as a tanned-up bachelor in Southern California. Yep, yep. Will Levis, though, for Kentucky, like we said, Penn State transfer. Um, nothing, I mean, just extremely efficient. 14-17, right. 145 yards, three touchdowns passing, but then two rushing touchdowns as well. So, I mean, he's just, he's yeah, he's he's what makes that offense go. Kentucky's very kind of that blue collar, like they're just going to come and hit you in the mouth. They're going to run the ball well um, and just dink and dunk you to death. So, it's, uh, yeah, good for Kentucky. Another kind of one of those fun teams that you see just kind of popping up in the SEC. Could make some noise. Who knows? But and then we move on to Michigan, Nebraska. Michigan yeah. survives 32-29. You know, Nebraska just invents new ways to lose every week. Well, I mean, I even texted you this game. I was like, this is just the review bowl. Because they had more oh my God. play reviews. That was absurd. I was like, absolutely just I was just this it. game's <laughs> never gonna end. Oh my god. But yeah, Michigan, um, you know, they they grinded it out. McNamara was efficient enough. Um, but you saw a little bit of J.J. McCarthy come in there. That's another quarterback thing that's that's bubbling up as well is, you know, I think McCarthy is the real deal. He's like a five-star freshman. I think McNamara was pretty highly rated as well. But McCarthy just looks kind of like that guy, right, right? where you're just right. like, damn, like this, you know, he, he's definitely going to be a problem, especially as a Michigan State fan. Yep. You hate to see it. But uh, Nebraska played him tough again. I mean, oh. Nebraska was right there. They had the chance. And uh, Martinez just doesn't have that winning that like winning gumption that you right. need, you know, there's always like that pro mistake and credit to Michigan for taking advantage of that. Um, but yeah, just, uh, you hate to see it as a Nebraska fan. You were, I was really, 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 really rooting for well, it. And, you know, I and mean, yeah, it's, I called you yesterday and I told, I was like, listen, I talked so much schmack about Nebraska for the first few weeks, but it's like the fact that Frost can coach these guys. And, and you said it earlier, it comes down to like a couple mistakes in the long run that kind of end up doing them in. But like, the fact that he's getting them in these games and they're competing, you know, with the Oklahomas and then the Michigans, and it's it's incredible. But like, I just wish they could have pulled that one out or pull, maybe pull out the Oklahoma one because it it's. It, but to, like you said, Martinez just doesn't have it. Like it's going to come down to a point in the game where like it's, turnovers are going to happen, but it's going to come down where you need to make up for that and take them down and score. And he just didn't have it, and the reviews just kept dragging that game along, and so they kind of got out of the flow of it, and, and you know. Last second field goal to win, but it was a fun game to watch. Though I mean, Nebraska puts on a show. Oh, for sure. I will say, yeah, that. night game. Yeah, night game. It was, it was a lot of fun. But yeah, Michigan rolls on, and uh, yeah, I'll I'll touch touch on Michigan State here oh, at the end oh, of these mm, reviews because mm, I want to give them oh, their yeah. time in the sun, of course. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we have one more weekend and then a bye week, and then 
that huh I, we'll, we'll get to that we'll get to that but yeah michigan rolls on um alabama texas a&m absolutely oh. incredible we went back and watched the highlights again as well uh and it's just it was just what a performance calzada just turned it on absolutely oh, yeah. turned it on uh just delivering those passes that you need the winning type of plays and it just looked like a lot of fun looked like a lot of fun and just because i remember watching and being like oh wow texas a&m is up but then you see the highlights and alabama's come back alabama's come back it's like i've seen this story a billion fucking times but then all of a sudden texas a&m has the ball at the end and you know kicks the game-winning field goal and some of the scenes some of the footage i saw of like the film you know of like the fans and the parents and people rush the field uh there's even an amazing story uh, from Sports Illustrated, but it's also on the college football subreddit. But it's about this kid. He was a he was a UT, uh, a 22 year old UTSA, so University of Texas San Antonio student, faked his way into Texas A&M's post Alabama locker room. He was on the field. All he had was a VIP, a laminated VIP pass from a tailgate, and he was just like, "I'm just going to see how far this will take me." And I told Mike too. I've done that to certain points too, where you're oh. you're at like a Nuggets game, and we were there for like a you know a, a college field trip or whatever it was. And all you need is some sort of laminated pass. It could say "fucking idiot of the year" on it, but right. you just flash it at at a security guard now who you've infiltrated the the ranks of the uh, right. the illustrious ranks of the security guards. You know, exactly. as long as you act like you're supposed to be there, no one's going to stop you. That's the best. and like I like you said they're usually part-time employees who could really care less like they're they're just trying to collect a modest little side income so you just act like you're supposed to be there and, and pull it off a little confidence I mean right you, you, yeah you see how far you go dude it's awesome it's awesome he was there he just said he was a recruit he said he was a kicker from Mexico because he spoke Spanish <laughs> it was awesome and they just got him right in and then I guess at the very end he talked to like the the kickers for that team and he finally told them he's like listen like you know I was a kicker for you know UTSA but like I'm 22 years old and not supposed to be here and they were like dude that's crazy he said <laughs> the kicker and the punters and stuff they were like well it's crazy you're a great actor I totally believed you good luck to you just don't steal anything and it's like that basically at the end of the day just don't steal anything and you're right because yeah and I'm sure in that locker room they got some cool stuff in there, so. well and that's yeah, the thing is no harm anything. no foul like he's not there to right. hurt anybody like he has short of it is stealing anything like <laughs> I mean, look, but like that'll never happen in the NFL that's why no, we love college football no yeah no, no. Well, <laughs> and, and, it's, it's crazy because the different. The Texas A&M game also had there was a guy. It was a kid I saw on, I think it was Twitter, and I'm not sure if, if he went to either of the respective schools, but he started his day at the Red River rivalry, stormed the field that, there, yeah. and then drove all the way over to College Station and was in attendance for that game and stormed the field. Like we say that we have a great college football weekend, and we did. Don't get me wrong, but like I mean that's pretty fucking cool that you got. I just storm don't know twice. if I'd even have the energy for that, but that's incredible. Hey, yeah, now you got to be... think he's probably twenty years old. God, we're old now. Right. We're old. Right? right. Like we go play a game of pig down at the local park. We got a couple games and we go, you know, ice bath after we're done. So true that. True that. But amazing game. Oh. It, chaos. Chaos reigns. Um, Alabama loses. You love to see it. Good for Texas A&M, I guess. I, I made the comment last week. I just don't like them for some reason. I don't like the colors. They just kind of seem yeah. cultish. But that was a really fucking cool game. Really yeah. cool game. Good for Texas A&M. Um, and we love chaos. They just have, and then, they have I, Bama's number. That's just, you know. Right. During that goes. game, I was, so I was flipping between that and Utah USC, our beloved Utes. <laughs> um, they're, the Utes are starting to turn around. They oh, looked yeah. really good. They won, they won in the, for the first time. In Southern California, so that's UCLA or USC. I think in like a hundred years, it, they they had not been able to win down there. And credit to Cam Rising, there was some great uh, play calling as well. But Cam Rising has come in 
after um you know he didn't win the starting job from charlie brewer who we now documented that that was one of my worst takes of the year thinking that charlie brewer was going to be the answer but you could tell as soon as cam rising got in there the team because they had obviously worked last year with cam rising all through the summer and then this new transfer kid comes all of a sudden the starter you can tell they didn't buy in but they bought in for cam rising you can just right. tell so great for him 22 of 28 306 yards three touchdowns one rushing touchdown just a great overall performance utah's finally got it going and good for them you know they they've utah's de- dealt with two tragedies in in a calendar year that are just awful losing two incredible teammates and aaron low and ty jordan and so you know good for them i i really hope they can turn around huge matchup this weekend at home rice cycle stadium the fucking cauldron up there on the uh on the hills of salt lake city <laughs> Uh, it's going to be a great game against Arizona State this weekend. Mm-hmm. And, then, uh, and that kind of rounds out. I mean, we, we kind of rattled through those, but oh my God, what a weekend. Let me touch on Michigan State, of course. Michigan uh, State hey, Rutgers. Have the, um, the stage is yours. Right. You know, uh, you, you were there with me for that first half, <laughs> and you can obviously tell the emotions that I go through because, you know, some kind of weird play. One of the worst coach games I think I've ever seen, but it, it's a testament to the overall talent that you have, which is an incredible thing for me to say for Michigan State because they just haven't normally had that talent. But uh, only the fifth time in college football history that you, they had a quarterback throw for over 300 yards, a running back with over 200 yards, and a receiver with over 200 yards. Peyton Thorne, Kenneth Walker, Jalen Naylor. I mean, incredible performance. It was one of those things where anytime Rutgers would go down, they scored like the first touchdown. You know, and then anytime that they scored any points, we answered back immediately with like a one play drive. It was like a deep <laughs> ball to Jaden Naylor, Jalen Naylor, excuse me. And uh, he took it to the house. And I was just like, dude, this, I've just never seen it with the Michigan State team. This is incredible. So we're 6 0, rolling into this weekend uh, against a feisty Indiana team. But right now, there's just so much. But and I've been retweeting a lot of stuff from the the Name Image Pod account. You know, lots of good dialogue between Michigan and Michigan State and their fan bases. Even Brandon Walker of Barstool, like on his radio show, he had a whiny little Michigan fan call in, and Brandon Brandon just let him have it. He's just like Michigan fans every year talk so much shit, but like you know, they're gonna have to go down to East Lansing in two weeks, and uh, that that game's gonna be huge. It could be honestly one of the biggest games, at least for Michigan State, one of the biggest games in program history. Right. Because that there would be no better timing to to knock off an undefeated Michigan team at home. Mel Tucker, you got everything rolling. I mean, but but the scary thing is we still have to make it through this. Michigan plays Northwestern, which Northwestern's terrible. And Indiana's not incredible necessarily, but still a team with a pulse. Michigan State's got to take care of business. They had a lot of kind of coaching mistakes, terrible clock management against Rutgers and stuff, some some missed opportunities. But, you know, if we can make it through this weekend undefeated, Thankfully, we have a bye week. It's going to be nuts. It's October 30th, Halloween weekend, East Lansing. Michigan fans all uh, all over Twitter just pumping up their chest, acting like they're this and that and trying to discredit us. And it's just like, just shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up right. and let, you know, we'll, we'll settle it in two weeks. As long as we can make it through this week undefeated, we'll be good. But, you know, and we'll get into the weekend recap. But um, do you have anything nice to say about my Michigan State Spartans? That's, I have all the nice things to say about your Michigan State Spartans. I'm happy. Listen, I'm happy that they're doing well this season strictly because I'm friends with you. Like, I, there's really yeah, – I don't have any am, dog in the fight. I'm pretty terrible, right? <laughs> it is pretty terrible when we aren't doing well. I I, want, I've handled it better. But. I want all my dogs to eat, and there's a little bit of conflict because one of my dogs, Michigan State, the other one's Ohio State, and Brandon's Miami, so he's no harm to anybody, especially this year. So I want all my dogs to eat respectfully. I love it. Love it. So – like we said, though, 
it's like it's one of those where you just had to be involved in that weekend and i think and i know knowing now that i got that weekend out of the way and i think to much of my wife's pleasure i'm like i'm not really fiending to sit down in front of the tv all day on saturday right, it's right. Like i got that one hit of extreme college football awesomeness right and now it's like you know what? i know not every weekend's gonna live up to that there's still gonna be tons of great games don't get me wrong it's never gonna culminate like that i think on a weekend now i can probably get some more shit done around the house on saturdays you know just spend some more time with the right. kid all that you know right. and that sounds terrible but that you know we are college football addicts it's just it is what it is so but uh but yeah that right right T- totally Absolutely, she knew what she signed up for. So, you love to see it. So, we roll on. We roll on. Week seven. Roll, uh, roll. Not the most aggressive or exciting of slates, but we said that last week too. And, and look what happened. So you just never know. Um, but there are a few decent standouts. In Michigan State, Indiana. Like I mentioned, Michigan State favored by about four and a half. Um, Auburn, Arkansas. That could be a decent game. Let's see if Arkansas can. You know, now it's up to Arkansas to really keep things on track right it's like okay you've lot you dropped two that you weren't necessarily expected to win but auburn's still a good team both of them are four and two arkansas still ranked 17th so that should be an exciting game heck yeah oh did i lose you no no oh. <laughs> sorry yep. thought i unplugged my mic we good but um but yeah ucf cincinnati cincinnati's probably gonna win by a billion they're they're looking really good Oklahoma State, Texas. Uh, Oklahoma State, another one of those undefeated teams that, you know, they always tend to be undefeated, I feel like, at this point in the season uh-huh. and then fuck it up somehow. Right. So if if people – because, you know, a lot of people are still high on Texas after all this. Like I saw, you know, one of those Twitter websites, oh, let's uh, – uh, Coach Sarkeesian, Coach of the Year, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, <laughs> give me a fucking break. Give me a fucking break. Hold on now. Like, yeah. It, so that'll be an interesting game, though. If Oklahoma State wins that, I think they're legit. Um, if Texas loses, it's like, oh, what a surprise. If Texas right, wins, yeah. it's like, yeah, well, that's, you know, that's Texas. Where, where was that last week? Right, right. But um, the big one's the afternoon matchup, 130. It's Kentucky, Georgia. <laughs> uh, and so I think this is going to be, I hope it's a good game. Uh, Georgia's favored by. 22 and a half points, according to the app I'm looking at, which right. that seems like a lot of points. Oh, especially especially against a Kentucky team that coming into this, like it's very apparent to everybody who's at least familiar with like how the season's shaking out. Like, I would be shocked if Kentucky doesn't come into this game just pulling out all the stops. Just I, like, I mean, obviously be responsible with it, but it's much right. like you said with like when Miami played, you know, Alabama in the first game of the year, we thought Miami might be plugging, but like. You just can't you can't lay up, right? And so I think that's a ton of points. And so I would take that. I would take the points all day. Uh, but I just really hope Kentucky doesn't just kind of lay an egg and just kind of right you know, or like try to flag. play right, yeah. try to play too cute or like right. just too conservative right. and like oh we're gonna punt here even though you know it's fourth and two. And it's like you know listen, I, I'm also a Chargers fan. Right, watching what the Chargers have done as far as revolutionizing offense with Brandon Staley, and basically it's fourth and eight anywhere on the field, and they're like, "Yeah, we're going for it." Granted, we have an amazing quarterback and great receivers. It's not like that in college football, but if it's fourth and one, fourth and two, right, even like a, a borderline fourth and three, if you're in decent enough territory, go for it. You go for it. Anything, the only way you're going to stop, yeah, anything on their side of the fifty, and I'm did me cut you out. Anything on their side of the fifty, it should be a no-brainer. Like if you're on Georgia's side of the fifty. Like any short of like a fourth and fifteen or something catastrophic, right. like just go for it. Like, what do you have to lose? <laughs> right. If you're in, if you're inside the fifteen, right. It, you know, maybe even like inside the ten. Don't settle for a field goal. No. You're right there. Go for the point. Go for, uh, uh, go for the touchdown. Right. right. 
Come on. So, uh, especially because like Georgia's, and we said earlier, like Georgia's offense isn't going to kill you. Like they're just not, and they're good. They're just going to grind you down. Yeah. Right. So like, if I'm Kentucky and you have all the momentum and your guys are fired up for this week, like you know that locker room is just absolutely going bonkers. Like, you just like. Georgia's offense isn't going to kill you. So I guess my point is, is like you can't be afraid to fail on you know attempts like that. To your point, like a field goal that you could walk away with a touchdown. You never know. Just give me that, and then like just give me a good game. Like just keep it within the twenty-two point spread. I guess is what they can give them. So uh, I'm hoping. Is it is it Bob Stoops, Mark Stoops? I think it's Mark Stoops. Who is it for Kentucky? I don't know. One of the one of the Stoops. One of the Stoops is there. Uh, I think he's really hell of a good coach. Really good coach. He's doing a really good job at Kentucky. Um, yeah, he could be brought up later in, in a discussion we'll have uh, after after this weekend preview. Uh, but we roll on. We have Miami, North Carolina, battle of the preseason overrated, <laughs> obviously. So who's who? I think this would be a good testament to see which program still has their their team bought in right, right? because right. you know Miami now two they're two and three North Carolina's three and three um you know now it's hey let's see who you know let's see which coach has the more respect uh out of their program you know for Miami right. that could be a, a a win that really turns their season around for North Carolina it's just a win that they're probably they would have been expected to win right you know type of thing they're favored by seven and a half so I think the Eric King's out that's a bummer you know I, I just don't think he was ever right to begin with right. um you know with with injury and things like that so it'll be interesting to see what Miami does there but I think a lot of I think that's that is a pride game absolutely right. a pride game should be a good color game too I like both the colorways for these uh for these schools very ACC so <laughs> um yeah Alabama Alabama, Mississippi State. This should be nothing. I mean, I, I like Mississippi State, but I mean, yes. Alabama's gonna come out with a vengeance. Right, I am sure. Right. Yeah. TCU, Oklahoma. I'm not really too worried about TCU. Um, I mean that, and that's kind of what we're going through here. It's just like we have a ranked North Carolina State. And they're four and one. They're taking on Boston College, also four and one. I think Boston College is a pretty solid team as well. Oh yeah, always. Every year, Boston College is always just it's. I mean, you could go into a coma, wake up five years later, and it's going to be a different players, but same team. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, wow, Boston College won seven games. They won eight <laughs> games. Wow, amazing. Wait, what yeah. year is it? <laughs> You're right. And then um, really the game I'm looking forward, uh, forward to the most is a night game, like we mentioned up at Rice Eccles, number 18, Arizona State, 5-1, and one, uh, up against our beloved Utah Utes. I'm really excited for that. Uh, Utah, it's supposed to be chilly. I know the weather is supposed oh, to yeah. clear up, but I mean that night game and the I mean Sun Devils, the high, ele- high elevation. We don't take Devils in Salt Lake City. Right? We don't take kindly to that. So uh, right, I it's think supposed it's- to be a low, yeah, low of thirty six. So probably Ooh. be like fifties. I think probably fifty ish around kickoff. Right. And- yeah, it's, uh, it's 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 nice to see, and I think that what we kind of like, I don't know if it was like Brewer wasn't really all the way bought in, or like maybe he just didn't fit the scheme. I, I don't know what it was, but it's nice to see Utah kind of rebound in in the post Brewer era, right? Like it, like I. Yeah, like I mentioned, I, I honestly think it was. You had Cam Rising, who had been there. I think Cam Rising also transferred from Texas, so, you know, uh, a year ago. But he, he had to sit out. He was injured last year. Um, but I think when you have a guy who's around the program, he obviously seems very likable. Seems like a really good dude. Plays really hard. It, you have him in the locker room, and everybody obviously is friends with him. And then you have this new guy come in, and Charlie Brewer had the stats. He had the accolades. You know, should have been good. I just don't think the team bought in. I think they right. probably felt that 
that rising had had been hard done. And you look at him, and he's high five, and everybody, everybody's patting on the back. Everyone loves him, you know. And I just don't think that they had bought into Charlie Brewer because he's like, oh well, you know, what makes you think you can just walk into this locker room and and act like you're you're going to be the guy? Right. So I mean, that that's probably an oversight on the coaching staff. I don't blame him though. I I bought into it as well. I thought Charlie you know, like ah, look at all these stats. He was so good at Baylor, this and that. But it just didn't happen. I just don't think he had the locker room behind him uh, like Cam does. And I'm, I'm excited to see Cam Rising continue to ascend. I'll, right. I'll, I'll use that pun. There you go. Um, so, but yeah, like, this is a great weekend. If you have other shit to do, if you have significant others, go out, go see the colors, go take some nice pictures or something. <laughs> like, go out, you know, treat them to something nice. It's, you know, because after this, it's kind of the dog days of winter, right? It's oh, just going to yeah. get colder. It's just going you know, to be harder to want to do things. This is a perfect example. If your town still has Oktoberfest going on, go, go see Oktoberfest. Go do something cool. You know, check into the, um, the Georgia-Kentucky game, maybe. Uh, you know, and a few others, but this is definitely a good weekend to, to bank those points because, like I said, after this, it's just you know, bank those those good husband, good boyfriend points, whatever it may be, uh, because it's it's not really a, a star-studded weekend. No, no, it's. I mean, but in in fairness, we did. I mean, it wasn't as lackluster of a weekend, but we did kind of say that last weekend. I know we had a couple of matchups yeah. where it was like, oh, but <laughs> I mean, last week was yep. supposed to be safe. But I I agree. Uh, water always finds its level. Um, so I think yeah. we're going to come off of a high. And, I, you know, like you say, Kentucky-Georgia might be fun. Utah might, you know, we can call it an upset, but I think an 18 and then where Utah's at. Eh. Uh, but yeah, no, I'll be – I'm sure I'll be doing some shit that doesn't involve a TV, unfortunately. Right. Yep. No, I agree. And, um, yeah, with that, we'll transition just a little bit. We'll, we'll do something kind of different to wrap it up. Uh, we've been having a lot of fun with the Twitter account. Like I, yeah. like I tweeted, uh, we fired our old intern. He just wasn't getting it done. Right. Um, right. So it's uh, it's it, we're back on the range. So it's both of us just firing it out. I'm addicted to tweeting from the pod. Because, <laughs> you know, from my personal account, like, I, I don't – like you see some people who are like – tweeting in all caps about NFL games or college games and you're like yeah but like are any of your followers even understanding like what's going on here like you know it's more of a personal thing I love having this uh, football account right or this college football account that you can just rattle them off and no one really cares and you know it's it's all about the pod so please check us to follow if you haven't it's at name image pod all lowercase Um, we're gonna keep you know firing them out we're just doing lots of retweets lots of fun stuff trying to get some interactions but we did have our first listener follower question submitted to the pod this is from our guy blake i think he's from the colorado crew that we have swag team um, 66 or 26 whatever swag team something <laughs> but he asked the question he kind of like you know i kind of rebuttal a little bit but basically just saying who is the best ncaa or college coach that could become an nfl coach next year and i was responded with because in my thinking we're going to obviously discuss this but there's huge differences between the best college football coach and which coach would actually translate well to the NFL because obviously the best college football coach is probably Nick Saban. We obviously know how that went and that there's a number <laughs> of reasons why. But you're seeing it with Urban Meyer as well. Great college football coach doesn't does hardly ever really translates. Chip Kelly, another example, hardly ever translates to the NFL, right? right. And there's a number of reasons behind that, you know, and just like how different it is and and maybe it's changed a little bit with NIL and it's become a little bit more professional with with college, the college ranks and things like that. But both of us kind of did some digging. We were looking at some college football coaches, and we kind of had a, a pretty difficult time of identifying, right. like, which coach could you actually see doing well in the right. NFL? Well, and because I, it, I think it's it's tough because 
the coaches that we kind of would identify, or at least myself would identify as like they could they could probably make the jump and have some success. They're like like Matt Campbell, Iowa State, perfect example. Like I think he could probably go to the NFL, and I don't think he's going to be a historically phenomenal coach, but I think he could go and he could make an impact. But I, the only problem is he's at a level where like there's a whole other layer of those top tier college football programs right. that are going to want him first, right? Like the Michigans right. if Harbaugh exactly. doesn't work out yep. or. So on and so forth. And some, yeah, and some of those guys just love that aspect of the game, right? But it, I mean, it's 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 no, it's not like it's easier, right? Like no. having to recruit, having to meet with donors, having these expectations in college, yeah, it can be probably right. mind-boggling how how difficult it can be at times. And uh, yeah, Matt Campbell's definitely one that jumps to mind, right? Because he's he's youngish, he's not like super old or anything no. like that. Um, he's kind of got that energy. He's done very well with with what he's had at Iowa State, recruited well. But it's just so different, and and you think like my mind immediately jumps to kind of like the old boring guys, but the ones who kind of run a professional type program, like David Shaw at Stanford, for example, right. has always been floated out there. I don't know if he'd necessarily go and be like a head coach, but I could see him in and around NFL programs because you look at Stanford and they're just kind of just kind of boring, you know. But they just go in there and they just get work done. You know, right. th- no scandals have really come out of Stanford that that I know of. If there are, like I, you know, if I'm overlooking those, but like they they run a tight ship there. Right, Run, same with uh, Brian Kelly. You kind of laughed at that, looking at that. Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. Notre Dame runs a, a pretty professional style program, oh, yeah. right? Where it's yeah. just it doesn't look like they're having a ton of fun, but they get results, right? right. They they get it done. He's another guy I could see there or thereabouts. But more and more now, you see it in the NFL. It's like these guys, like I, I'll bring Brandon Saley again for the Chargers. Like he was a like a pretty much a no name quarterback at a small small college. I think it's like a D3 college or something like that, or a coach at an even smaller college. But it's all about like the networking that you have and, and things like that. And you just end up, it's those young guys who end up really young in an NFL program to some capacity as like a special teams right. camera guy, right? And then all of a sudden, those are the guys who work up their ranks and they're young and fire and have that personality of togetherness. And then and then you're just worried about your coordinators. Being an NFL head coach is one thing, but it's, it's mostly like, who do you have in your foxhole with you as your coordinators? And I think even college football is that way to an extent. You see a lot of egos, though, that we've talked about how some head coaches in college just can't, like, give the range to their coordinators. <laughs> but in the NFL, it's just so much about, like, the infrastructure that you have around you and the type of culture that you're going to build. And college, yeah, there's some aspects to that as well, but there's not really a, a, a college coach right now that, like, stands out to me as, like, oh, yeah, this guy would be surefire NFL coach. Right. I just don't see it. No. No, I in it's and I agree like and I'll I'll throw out a name just for the sake of answering the question and it it's maybe a long shot but like for me like a like a PJ Fleck would almost in I in it it would have to be a scenario where like obviously the Chargers are taken and they're they're off and running and they're on the road to success but it almost has to be kind of a like a spot like that where you know he's he has a guy who's on the younger side. Like he, he has a great football mind, but I think he kind of the momentum ran out at Minnesota because now he, you know, he jumped in the big dog pool. And as far as recruiting and everything, which a head coach yeah. plays a big part in that, I think if you kind of take that layer away and you just are dealing in a pool of draft picks every year and like the like the identified talent, you have people underneath you kind of take care of that, and your main focus is kind of rallying a team and then building that identity. I think. He could do it because, and again, it's just for the sake of answering the question because the only other name that would pop up into mind is like a Lincoln Riley just solely because you're going to try to carbon copy what Arizona did with Lincoln, Kingsbury. Exa- that, that's exactly where my mind went was, was Lincoln Riley. Right. 
Absolutely, yeah. Because he and he kind of runs that wide open style of offense. Um, you know, you're seeing it now. He he's obviously got good kind of quarterback whisperer uh, right. capabilities. I mean, look at who he's put in the NFL now, who's doing really well. And yeah, Cliff Kingsbury is, is that example too, where yeah, it didn't get off to the best start, but look at him now that they're, they're rolling, obviously. Right. But like Arizona is just out of the blue. Like they just got so much talent there. Right. Like the J- I forget that J.J. Watt's there. Well, and, and I think I think part of that is, and, and I don't think it's like, it's because he's a like, you know, a young, hip, cool guy, but I do think part of it is that he is a newer age football mind if you will like like he is looking at the game of football in a different perspective and that's why like deandre hopkins wanted to go play there because he's like hey like you know we're gonna air the ball out and i know that i'm gonna have a voice in like the locker room and how things get done and and i think lincoln riley if given like the closest comparison i could think of is like the jets but obviously salah is there so like that wouldn't be the the next spot to open up but like if you could find some probably the jaguars <laughs> it's probably gonna be the jags. <laughs> uh, but in the urban Myers is a perfect example he's a dude where like if you just if you just stayed in your lane and stayed in the college realm where you could just get a fresh batch of talent every year and rely on the urban meyer name you would have been fine because he just doesn't have it to rally the troops at the nfl level right like but he had to shoot a shot just like nick saban 100%. he had to shoot a shot and the and the great part about it especially if you do it while you're still young ish uh, the college football ranks will still welcome you oh, back yeah. with open arms. Yeah. And I think Riley's at that point right now. Even if Riley goes to the NFL and it's a disaster, right. he will be back in college football before you could even think. College football you know, is you... notorious for the laziest hires, right? Like, they, they don't really want to do the, the homework on, like, is this guy actually good right. fit? They just want to Google a name and be like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, that's right. Like, if Ed Ogeron, you know, he'll get fired from LSU if it's not the end of this year, maybe next year, whenever it is. Like, he may go dabble in the NFL, and then his name will probably pop up five years from now as, like, the head right. coach of, a, you know, a lower power five team probably. So, yeah, they're just lazy. Yep. But yeah, it's just hard. It's just hard to see, and it just doesn't always translate. But I think to, to answer that question, and we really appreciate it, anyone who's listening, anyone who follows that Twitter account, just even if they're just off-the-rails questions, yeah. off-the-wall questions that just ha- yeah. make no sense, like, give us something to talk about. Yeah. We love it. I mean, we'll, we'll rattle off about anything. It doesn't matter. But, um, but, yeah, no, really, uh, really appreciate the question. Yeah. And it's just one of those that we'll wait and see. But I think our answer to that is Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley. Yeah. No, fire fire yeah, the so question. If go. you want to know which of the college football coaches could probably eat the most hot dogs in the city, I'll answer it for you. Oh. It's Brett Bielma, <laughs> but I'll answer it for you. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, it's not even close. Yeah. No, you love it. Love it. But, uh, no, this has been a good pod. Been, been a fun episode. Oh, yeah. um, like, like last weekend was just – it was like, everything that you wanted as a college football fan. This weekend, like I said – Bank those points. I don't think even if you were to miss the game of the century, like it, it, it is what it is. You take that risk. You know, go out there, have you know, get bank those points right. because it's 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 about to get real cold here in a bit. Oh, yeah. But uh, really looking forward to listen, this. Weekend. I'm gonna this is this I'm gonna put on my coach. This is Coach Wilson talking to you. Here's how you're gonna attack this weekend. You're gonna go do whatever the whatever the bleep your respective other wants to do, and you're gonna plan a lunchtime right around one o'clock. You want to go out and grab like a quick bite and a beer or something because that's really all you need. Absolutely. You're gonna catch up on what happened in the morning slate. The afternoon slates will be kicking off. You'll kind of get a sense of where we're at in the day. And then, you know, you'll you'll end up your day on the couch anyway. So, like, you'll catch the end, like the night games. But, you know, just plan that little midday lunch. Go to B-Dubs, Charlie Winko, wherever you want to go. Right. Find, find a bar or find one of the bars that have, like, it's like, oh, this is the Oklahoma Alumni Club or whatever right. it is, right? And just, right. like, go just kind of enjoy that. Like, because those people are fucking insane, right? right? It's just, like, of the people who all congregate the same bars and stuff. And Denver, I'm sure, has a lot. And oh, yeah. you know, I don't think Salt Lake really has no. many. But, you know, it, it could still be kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, 
Go go kind of you know, dip your toes in that. Go to a random tailgate. Right. Who knows? And this is this is yeah. this, this is how my brain. This is chestnut checkers. Because what's going to happen is you're going to go to that bar <laughs> and you're going to your wife or your girlfriend or whoever is going to see how much fun you're actually having, and then they're actually going to going to kind of start having fun because it's infectious, right? Like you go to a bar, right. like the environment's good, everybody's have fun. And then she's thinking, man, like I'm really depriving him. And then later on down the road, she'll be uh, she'll have to pay that back. Like, you know what I mean? I like, love it. You're saying stock up the points, do it now, and then she'll pay it back, you know? Guys, I don't. Uh, what other podcast do you need that gives you this type of life advice and entertainment? That's beautiful. That's and I think on that, I think that's what we'll call it. So, Big Mike, appreciate it as always. Thank you for doing this from the mysterious remote location. Hey, hey, we're um, in the... Uh, I, I promise we're in the I'm not trying mansion. to replace you. No, yeah. <laughs> the, you that's right, the Olsen Manor. fucking replace me. Yeah, I know. Uh, we're at the manor, so if there's a little echo in the background, it's just there's like four four thousand square feet. So forgive me. Yeah. What you know. what wing are you in? Yeah. Are you? Uh, I'm in the west wing for now. Uh, oh, I might I venture it. down to the home gym downstairs, get a sweat on, maybe hit the sauna. Fuck <laughs> oh, you love to see it. Love it. Well, with that, for Big Mike, I'm Kyle. Thanks you guys for tuning in. Please follow us on Twitter at Name Image Pod. I promise we make it entertaining. Tweet about the wild stuff about college football. Um, like us on Spotify. Follow us. Review. Like whatever, I, I don't even know how it all works, but at the end of the day, we're just ha- we're just here to have a good time. I think that's what we've been doing. So with that, uh, enjoy your weekend. A little Friday morning edition pod for you, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Love you. Skip, we know Skip. Mm-hmm. Skip, I know Skip. Like that, Skip. Anything else you want to know about me, Skip? Mm-hmm.